Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step out What's up, folks? Welcome hey, back. To, welcome back to the Second Mouse Podcast. It's lovely to see you all again in queue. I mean that for you too. That's a lie, by the way. Yeah, I'm miserable every time I see your mug. Oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> How was your week? It was good. It was good. Um, happy to be back. It's still cold here. I don't get it. <laughs> Nerds. It's about 85 here, for the record. All right, see, that's too hot. Like, not, see, like, you thought you, you thought you had an own there. Like, if you were going to say, like, 75 or 76... And like nice and breezy, then like maybe, but like 85 is too hot for June. Cause like come August, you're gonna be fucking boiling alive. Yeah, but I'm good with it. Adapted. <laughs> I've catered such myself a, to the environment down here, so I'm good to go. It's such a cope. Yeah. Um, but welcome back, everybody, to the Second Mouse podcast. Um, we are excited to talk to you about a couple of the topics today. This is essentially our capitalism conversation because there's been so much shit that's happened in the news that centers around people making money, people taking advantage of other people. Um, and it felt relevant. Um, but first things first, I wanted to get us kicked off with a question for you, Q. And mm -hmm. the reason I have this question is because... I was on Elon Musk's um, therapy machine today and people were starting to get very, very excited that the original Dune was going to be on Netflix. Okay. And people are stoked for it. They're super psyched about it. Um, I don't know if these people have ever watched the original Dune before. It's a mess. But yeah, their interpretation of that film is very different from what the critics think, probably what you and I think. And everyone's jazzed about it. And like, oh, you don't get the film. I'm like, no, I, I get the film. I get the film was so bad. The director asked to not to be named for the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, so Dune will be out on Netflix at some point this June. So prepare your fucking bodies for that. But I wanted to ask you, Q, because mm -hmm. we're talking about movies that are historically bad. What is the worst movie you have ever seen in your entire life? So this is an interesting one for me because this is a movie that I, when, when they were talking about it in pre-production, it was a movie that I was incredibly excited for. Um, it is called The Snowman. Mm. Yeah, you've um, talked about this before. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I've talked about it before because, like, it is marvelous. So, Mike Fass Michael Fassbender, who is a tremendous actor, 
right? It's based off like a series of like detective like procedurals of like, you know, basically each book is a case uh, by Joe Nesbo. Martin Scorsese produced. Okay. Uh, it was also edited by Thelma Shoemaker, who did fucking Raging Bull. That's like Martin Scorsese's main editor. And it is the biggest piece of turd I've ever seen. By the way, they Martin Scorsese eventually like dropped off of it because I think he saw the writing on the wall. They didn't shoot 15 to 20% of the script. Huh. So if you watch it, like you're like, the, the biggest problem I have with it is that it is just a giant mess. Like there's no symmetry to it. Like I the, I love I love whodunits or like, you know, like like I, I enjoy those type of things because like I like being able to try and pick up the subtle clues and figure out who the killer is. And like it could be any, like it's literally just like, yeah, it's this person. But there's no like evidence or there's not. There, it doesn't take you with you. It doesn't like provide that it is. It, on the scale of the fact that, like, when you hear Martin Scorsese is attached, the editing, like, the budget, like, you know, the budget was actually, like, I think it was, like, 35, 40 million, which is a lot for, like, a movie that's shot in fucking Norway. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike Fassbender, I think it originally had Brad Pitt and uh, Jennifer Lawrence attached to it, and then it ended up being Michael Fassbender and Rebecca Ferguson it, it is just a monumental turd that, like, just never came to pass. Right now, I think, yeah, 6% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. It is oh. a fucking mess of a movie. Um, and it, it's not one of those movies, like, it's not The Room. Like, oh, this is a piece of shit, but, like, I love it. I love every second of it. It's, it is generally just a very bad, boring movie. So the critique of it is, is this boring? Well, that's the thing is it's boring, but like it's there's it just doesn't make sense. Like you can't make sense of the movie because they're like. So basically, by the way, the, the character's name in the movie is supposed to be like the, in the books is Harry Hole. Right. So it's like a Norwegian guy. They decided to go with the name. I hope you're waiting for this. Harry Hole. His name is Detective Harry Hole. I feel like they probably could have gotten away with changing the last name, but Val Kilmer just... is in this movie. Interesting. And it was right after he had the throat issue, so he's eighty yard throughout the entire thing, and he talks like Bane the entire movie. Hmm. You don't see him talk because they obviously couldn't get the lip sync going. So, like, you just see him from behind. None of it makes sense. Uh, Michael Fassbender's character is, like, an alcoholic. Harry Hole. Yeah, Harry Hole. And he just shoots his gun off, and, like, he's depressed and, like, sleeping all the time. And you don't know why. Never find out why. Like, he just... I, it, it, it is infuriating, frustrating, because there was something there. Like I look at it, like, and I'm like, oh, there's something there. It's beautifully shot. It's like there's so much there, and it just fucking torpedoed into just the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. Ugh. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, the cast for it, and it's a pretty it's impressive great. group. J.K. Simmons, um, what was the one actress? I mean, Toby Jones is in it too. Toby Chloe, Jones is in it. Chloe Sevigny. Chloe Sevigny. Yep. 
She's Charlotte Gainsborough is great. I, I love her. It's it's a it's an incredible cast, and it is just the biggest turd you've ever seen in your life. I feel bad because Joe Nesbo was supposed to be in this movie, and they cut his they cut his scenes. Yeah. Now, that was a movie that I think was supposed to be spectacular, um, but was bad. Oh wow. Well, well, fucking well. Look who decided to show up, ladies and gentlemen. I think Gatto is here. I think it's a cardboard cutout. I don't think it's really him. This is an AI representation of the artist formerly. <laughs> this is Chat Gatto. GPT Gatto. You have to change your name to Chat GPT Gatto. On it. Um, Gatto has yeah. created a mid-journey video of himself with just Chat GPT 4.0 running in the background. It is just a. It's just like a video of Luke running. Like that. Like it will just go. Eventually, it'll go. Haha, that's so true, guys. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It's just a generative talk bot, and no I, way. Every so often, the <laughs> words line up with what you guys are crazy. And then when the words line up with, then it looks like the real deal. So it's now I react. can be in it's two places at once. Yeah. So, Gata, what we were talking about was um, there's a flurry of folks on the internet right now that are super stoked that the original Dune is going to be on Netflix, and apparently. Their remembering of that film was very different from other people's, including the critics and the director who hated that movie so much. He didn't want to be credited with it. Um, and we were just talking about what are the what's the worst movie that you've ever seen in your entire life? Oh, God. I'm going to let you stew on that one for a little bit because it's a big yeah. question. I gave Ooh. Q a little bit of a prompt before we came on the air. So he had time to churn on that. Another one, if I can add to that, Tom, because like sure. that's a movie Why that not? I think was. It's the great. bad movie buffet right now. Why not, right? Because that's a movie that I think was supposed to be great, but wasn't. But if you want like a bad movie, just look up the U, the German director Yui Bull. Oh yeah. Just look up anything Yui Bull's ever done. Um, House of the Dead. Um, what's that other fucking piece of shit? Uh, Alone Did in he... the Dark. It, it, it. I don't think he has a single movie above ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is garbage did he do dracula untold i th- probably Ooh, that is a hot no piece of shit by the no way. gary That's shore did one. and i don't know who the fuck gary shore is but that movie sucked um <laughs> is that but- with aaron eckhart no, that's um, like I Frankenstein or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but Dracula Untold is essentially the story of Vlad Dracula and like the coming of age story for him. That movie was piss. <laughs> but you know it's a really bad movie. If you, meant, you meant it wasn't Dracula. even worth piss. It was like it wasn't even worth a bucket of piss that you piss into. Like, what's that? Just... What's that movie with? Uh... Oh, so bad. What's that movie that oh, fuck Kate Beckinsale where it's like vampires, not Underworld, the other one where she's like there's vampires with Hugh Jackman in it. Oh, Van Helsing. That, oh God, that movie. That sucks. was another. Are we specifically talking about the uh, horror fantasy kind of genre, or no? Is that no. just where this discussion has gone? No, it's where it's I, veered at this point. Just because I'm typically like horror is my kind of my favorite thing. So yeah, like, you're, just, you're horrifying. Yes. We yeah. Agree. So I, I know now. So Yui Bowl, Rampage, Blood Rain, Postal, in the name of the King, Blood Rain the Third, 
Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark. If you've ever seen Alone in the Dark, it is it is coming in at a hot one percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and it's got Christian Slater in it. It's got Tara Reid in it, and it's so dark you cannot see anything throughout the entire movie. Like it what? is like. If you can roll back to that one movie called In the Name of the King. Yeah, with uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham's in it. Ray Liotta is also yeah. in that as well. For, that Burt, Burt Reynolds, by the way. Burt Reynolds. Yeah. That movie. Ron Perlman. Makes, I, I was fortunate enough to watch a movie review about it. And if I can remember who the person was who did the review, it was fucking hysterical. But that movie is essentially like Dewey Bull saw lord of the rings and um what was the fucking show on hbo never watched it john snow the whole gang game of thrones it's basically like if yui bull saw game of thrones and lord of the rings and said i want to put those together but they're none of them are going to make any sense that's essentially the movie that sounds about right gotta what were you gonna say there I was going to say, Q, what's that movie with Aubrey Plaza that... Am I freezing up here? Mm-mm. No, you No. Oh, okay. Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, Aubrey Plaza, Jason Statham. I think Guy Ritchie just directed it. I heard that was good, actually. Really? It was bad? Uh, I couldn't sit through the whole thing. I walked away. It was... Uh, Operation short. Fortune, it's called. Yeah. Uh, Is this like a direct-to-Netflix movie? It might have been. It was... Like direct to the garbage pail, to hmm. be honest. I will say Aubrey Plaza has some stinker movies that she's been in. And she's like she it's weird because like her thing is deadpan, but then like here she just tries to do deadpan but like perverted and it doesn't work at all. So I like the they like LA try to make her sound smart and whatnot and witty for what she's saying, but it doesn't come off that way. I like Emily the Criminal. That was good. It's on Netflix. I was curious about that one, but I also... uh, Black Bear was a good one, too. I've stumbled into a few movies that she's done that are not good. Yeah. So, Gato, is that your your pick, or did you have something? No, that's just something I recently saw that uh, I want to save everybody 90 minutes of dismay for. Um... I don't know. There's like that whole genre of like movies that had like, you know, um, fantasy creatures in it in the 80s and and like early 90s, like Mac and me and even E.T. E.T. might be one of the like most overrated movies of all fucking time. I agree with that, by the way. Mac and me, by the way, was just a blatant ripoff of E.T. It was like somebody yeah. saw ET and was like, right, "We're doing that. I'm doing. We're doing it, yeah. but not Spielberg. Fuck Spielberg." Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not a big ET guy either, and I think it's maybe because I just was scarred being a kid watching it. I just remember how boring it was. Yeah, like as a kid, you need stuff that's gonna like catch your attention, and that was not really a movie for kids, even though it was kind of like pitched that way. But I will go to my worst film ever, and I feel like this one's kind of obvious, but. Want to bring it back to the combination of Barry Pepper and John Travolta with Battlefield Earth. Hmm. That movie had so much hype around it. Um, and then when it came out, it was so fucking bad. I remember watching it on like Stars 
at like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like 14 or 15 at the time when I saw it. And I was like, why is this whole movie crooked? I mean, like every shot is like, they turned the camera on an angle. So you feel like genuinely just uncomfortable the whole time. You feel like motion sick after a while, not to mention the fact that I think everyone kind of just gave up midway through it. And like, fuck it. Let's just end this as well, fast as we can. I don't know how much John Travolta put up to make that movie. A lot of I'm money. I think it's a lot because it, literally it's a book. It's written by L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. So it's like based on the book by L. Ron Hubbard, and it is basically the tenets of Scientology. So we just made enemies with the Scientologists, just yeah, didn't we? That's not? all right. Thanks, Tom. Not really doing it. great work here. Well, I mean, if um, you, you know, realize that like three percent, if three percent of our demographic are Scientologists, okay, <laughs> and that's two people. Well, I mean, Danny Ugh. Masterson went to jail last week, so I think if. Uh, if they were going to be upset about us, they would have already been upset with Q. Just um, served. One that <laughs> one that has come to mind recently, like a recently bad movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Tomorrow War on Amazon with is Chris with, Pratt. I was oh, I, I heard about it. I, I didn't even bother to. Is that the one where the soldiers got amnesia or is that the other stinker that he did? I think that's the Jason Bourne ripoff that he did. But Tomorrow War is effectively like the year is 2025 and Chris Pratt is watching TV. And then out of nowhere, all of these soldiers come from out of nowhere and be like, we're from 2050. The world is dying. We need your help. Isn't this like Edge of Tomorrow? Like didn't Tom Cruise do the same exact idea? That's different, a good movie. That's a good movie. Different concept. I know. That is a good movie. That's what but it's like. <laughs> their thought is yeah, instead of movie. sending like or preparing for this alien invasion or sending material or anything, it's just like, we're just going to send everybody who is totally untrained to fight a war and we're going to have them go fight a war. Like, we'll give you training for seven days. It'll only be how to like shoot and deal with traumatic injuries and there's one scene where they have a chef who's in his like chef suit and his chef hat and he's got a fucking like bulletproof vest on. I was like, are we out of uniforms? What the fuck? I mean, is this, this this feels like it hits very close to home with like the Russian Ukrainian war. Like sure. Can you pick up a gun and shoot things? You're you're a race. Sure, but if you're fighting a war, I'm not sure running around with that giant fucking chef baker's cap is really the best approach to combat just me i mean tom have you ever worn crocs i have never worn crocs before they're extremely versatile i would recommend them for war well maybe you know you can get us into the appropriations cycle for the next go around for the next budget um and we can buy a bunch of crocs we can all go to like off the rack in DSW and buy them all and then just sell them back to the government. I'd like that. Sounds like a good idea. We could just drop ship shit to the U S government. <laughs> um, speaking of the U S government, um, congrats, everybody. We have a debt ceiling resolution. Yep. Yay. What does that um, mean? So <laughs> good question, Gatto. I'm glad that you asked. So 
Um, every year, it seems that we get into this fight around the debt ceiling of how much money the U.S. government can take out essentially in loans. And that number, we were starting to edge towards it. And you have to vote in Congress to raise that debt ceiling limit. And every year or every other year, there seems to be a fight that will potentially lead to a shutdown. And we had a bunch of like people being hysterical about it. And then like three days before it happened, we're good. They all voted on it. The Republicans hate Kevin McCarthy again, which is fantastic news for them. Um, but I think the most important part is, is essentially the Republicans are pissed off at Kevin McCarthy because he was not able to get them anything that they wanted of real substance. It oh, seemed like the spineless leader we all thought he was. Yes. Um, but the, the interesting thing is all of the things that they wanted, they've effectively just... Biden was able to create loopholes with a bunch of shit too. So like creating, you know, you have to work in order to receive benefits for government welfare and things like that. But there's all these loopholes that are built into it now. So I don't know if you guys have been following any of that or had any thoughts on the debt ceiling and the, the follow-up conversations that have happened from it. Okay, God, I'll start us off. I have nothing. I've been living under a rock, so Gato, I'm just Gato, merely Gato reacting being... to what you guys are saying. I am again AI. I don't know why this concept. I don't is so recognize hard for this people. prompt. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm it, sorry. it is prompt me again. <laughs> it is. It is a really sad state of affairs because, like, honestly, like, I mean, what is this covered now? So 2025. I think so. Yeah, it so takes out takes the midterms out of play. Well, but it's going to take the general into account, True. right? So, like, I mean, like, it's literally going to become a general election question. And, like, this kind of reminds me of when um, the Republicans decided to block Obama from appointing Merrick, Merrick Garland. Like, it's like they're just confident that they're going to win so that they can mm -hmm. control it. But, like, what is the alternative? Because, like, this is, this happens every single time. Like, they, they both argue and fight. And... The Republicans get mad because we put in a debt ceiling, but if we don't, we'll default and then like people will lose a lot of savings and like the entire thing comes crashing down. So it's like, why don't we just vote to automatically renew the debt ceiling every single time? Because like at this point, it happens every single time anyway. It reminds me of like small school budgets at this point, but they're trying to make it a general election issue. And like they got lucky on the last time because like Trump ended up winning. He was able to appoint the three justices, but like, I don't know how, like, what are the Republicans going to do different that's going to, like, be an overwhelming change here? So, does, there, does their whole else... thing is to cut money? That's it. Cut funding. But, like, sure. but like but they, don't. they don't, though. Right. They don't. <laughs> they never do. This, <laughs> this, they never. This has just become, this is like the, um, preakness of, like, you know, the US government. It's right. just one of the three, like, races that you know they use to determine who's in the fucking lead for the the bets like what's yeah. you know who's who's got the edge going into the next election who's got who's got an issue that they want to like bring up you know it, it's this is just where they fucking start creating some smoke to send signals and fucking dumb people buy into it like tomorrow they default you go to work everyone goes to work 
right? Like, who's who really like what happens? <laughs> I guess I guess maybe not government workers. Yeah, I mean, know, government like, government offices and units like shut down. Um, good. <laughs> veterans don't get their payments um bad oh, this is that's that's a problem that we inherently still have even when we're not defaulting so you know right but they definitely don't get it if that happens um and a number of other things too like it hurts the credit rating of the of the country um it makes it harder to borrow money it also like makes interest rates and shit explode because there's well, this is only a problem because our entire country leverages debt like no other. We are just perpetually leveraging it. If we could stop ourselves from being so in debt all the time, and we actually were able to just save to afford things instead of buy it on credit and pay extra money so we could have it now instead of later, maybe we wouldn't have this problem. And we default, we default, whatever. Because I'm at the point where I'm just like, fuck it you know shit's gonna suck shit's gonna suck man like why that is actually a good point that you brought up because there are more people with credit card debt now than three or three or four years ago but also there are fewer people that are paying credit cards off at this point and that's they've attributed to like yeah they've attributed it to inflation but also to like just the rising costs of things in general and i mean we've talked about it in the show, like the impossibility of buying anything at this point that's over like $7,000 carries so many caveats to it. Like if you've gone to look at buying a new or used car, sure, you can get it for you know $27,000, but the interest rates or the monthly payments are like $700 a piece. I love going on to like Instagram and the Instagram stories of the car dealership people and they explain what kind of car that they bought <laughs> and they tell you what the payments are. And I'm like, you are the people that are supposed to get deals on cars. If there is only one group of people out there in the world that gets a deal on a car, you should be that person, but you're paying $800 a month on a fucking 2023 Ford Explorer. You played yourself. <laughs> are they able to make their own sale to themselves so they're collecting that uh <laughs> the commission for it commission on it <laughs> i don't know i don't know but it, uh one of the other concerns about you know defaulting on debt obviously goes into the recession conversation and what right. that looks like but i also think too we've done a pretty good job as a country of self-creating a recession shout out to jay paulo jay powell huge fan of the pod also huge um grateful dead fan apparently huge fan of the unemployed as well yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know man it's i i understand what you're saying gato but like the the idea that we just let it kind of default is like it's that that's exactly what like the republicans want i think there's i think there's obviously a way of like i i, I don't know i i do give credit to like people like bernie sanders who voted against it because like there are things also there are things missing from the agenda. Anything that's bipartisan at this point, I just assume is bad. Like I know yeah. like bipartisan was code word for like, <laughs> oh, that's great. Like we both came together. No, it just means that like the Republicans put their foot down and Democrats ultimately acquiesce. So student loans are getting booted back up. 
And it's like <laughs> we've had this conversation, that one coming. so we're not gonna we're not gonna like harp on this too long. But like, my God, like it literally does not. Did did the Supreme Court ever even come down with a ruling on it? I don't think so. No, but I think it was either the Senate or House members. They voted to essentially roll the suspension back. And I think they're starting back up in August. Everyone should just not pay it. Yeah. I mean, it's all federal loans. Like for the most part, everyone has federal loans. I don't know about the, the folks that have private loans, but I mean, it's not real money at this point. No. And you haven't had it for fucking three years. Like, what's another lifetime going to matter? Yeah, all we hear about, like, I mean, it was the same. Do you remember when, um, before we had pre-existing conditions covered before Obamacare? (laughs) And I remember, like, people like Lindsey Graham and all them back in the day used to be like, if we cover pre-existing conditions, our healthcare system will implode and destroy. Like, like, it's going to be destroyed. Since 2008, pre-existing conditions have been covered and literally nothing's changed like no you, but it's you, not better i could tell you that much. it's not better no but like it's not it hasn't fallen apart the way that they they predicted it would so, it's it's easier to shift that focus of things falling apart than them ever getting better and that's what they really should be focusing on and i think that's the problem right is that we we constantly talk about the peril of doing thing or not peril doing of thing. a broken system yeah not realizing that like it really isn't ever going to be as bad as people expect it to be now defaulting is a little different but i'm talking about like if we were just to like get rid of student loans and like inflation like I, inflation like has so many different like even like on a just on a consumer level like i i paid off my car and i was considering getting a new one but like i'm not going to do it because i'm not like i have a good credit score and like i'm not going to pay five six percent interest on a new car like i'm just not going to do it plus I, I, everything's more expensive I disagree. I think you should go for broke and then hope the system collapses. And then at least you have nice shiny things for the apocalypse. This is not financial advice. I do not endorse. Oh, yeah, don't, 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 don't listen to anything I say. It's not good advice. Um, I'm the last person anyone should take any advice or information from. I am a humor-based generative AI bot. <laughs> I'm going to put another prompt in, make this funnier, Gatto. <laughs> Your submission has been denied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting less funny and more dry. Imagine this, though. If you were to buy a $335,000 house and your interest rate is 6.9%, and those interest rates have gone up ever since they started ah, spiking. Six point nine. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Welcome <laughs> back, computer Gatto. <laughs> Humor bot. You would be paying twenty three hundred dollars a month. That's fucking yeah, wild. That's more than most rents. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out something that Nasty Nate posted in the chat. He said, uh, while Russia invading Ukraine was bad, we have put seventy five billion into Ukraine. What's the return? Where would people get that back? Um, I hate to break it to you there, Nasty Nate, but a lot of the shit that we gave to Ukraine is essentially stuff that we were going to have to throw away or sell to somebody else. It was military B-stock. And also, yeah. <laughs> foreign, aid, foreign aid is not a return. It's not a business. It's it's literally a endeavor that's like, it's like the post office. Like I remember, you remember back in 2020, everyone was like, 
the post office has been losing a hundred million dollars every year and it's like it's not losing money it's not a business it's a service so like it's costing a hundred million it's not losing a hundred million but q when i go and i have to send a package to my auntie and uh michigan i'm sorry it's a great it's a great long island accent by the way one more time to your auntie (laughs) to my auntie in michigan so she can have an uprising like i have to pay money to have my package sent why can't it just be free because it helps fund itself yeah Uh, but then it's a business right because all of our businesses just cradle up debt and they don't actually get into the black it's called the disruptive slingshot oh it wasn't until reagan that there was this big emphasis on like the post office needs to make money. Why is it not making money? And I, as the post office aficionado of this show, um, because I've read one book that like the whole premise was it's a public good. It's not supposed to make money. It's supposed to be able to communicate with people from one side of the country to the other. No questions asked. And we have to look at the other things like student loan debt, in the same fashion that people are going to be upset that, Oh, well I paid my loans off. Why did these people get it in the same way of like, Oh, well I went to fucking UPS and I spent $40 to send this versus going to the postal service and spending $9 to do this. Like choices are choices. Tom, wait, you're saying that Ronald Reagan, the GE simp, um, basically said we need to make things into, into businesses, government funded goods into businesses. Like he's effectively the same. He's the same one that said that if you want to have a liberal education, that's fine, but you can't have it at a public university. So when we talk about, when we talk about like this whole, what's a liberal education? (laughs) You go there and you learn like English and like the arts. Yeah. Oh God. So there's punctuation only Reagan was the one that essentially created this. Like the only reason to go to college is essentially get a business degree and then work in an office building for the rest of your life because he didn't want to pay for anything else. He didn't want to pay for anything that might be outside of the bounds of what's like a revenue generating job. And when he was the governor of California, he effectively put all the UC and CSU systems through that rigmarole. And I mean, they kind say of where we are today. They say when he's in office, it was the golden age of porn. So that makes sense. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the golden age of porn because I don't think <laughs> that the 1980s under Reagan were, but Apple has helped us out because they have created a fantastic tool to help facilitate your porn usage. And that is the Apple goggles that came out yesterday. Um, oh, I already got a pair. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like any Apple products, but goggles I fuck with. They're great. <laughs> did, you actually, uh, did you actually try and buy them? Yeah, they vibrate when you put them on too. They feel so good. They right. like massage your eyes. Okay, well he's fucking the whole time. Okay, well he's lying. So the whole time, the whole time, it's just whispering to you: buy more Apple chargers. Apple chargers. I mean, you should buy Apple chargers. They're very good. They're very good. Very good. Just buy more of them. Buy more Apple. 
Buy more sponsored apple. by Tim Cook. Apple. Not sponsored drinking, by Tim Cook. I've been drinking apple juice since yesterday. There you go. I just can't stop. Did, did you all? Did you all watch apple the pie, apple sauce, caramel apples? I don't did know you, what else they make with apples. Did you all watch the like live stream that they had about the yeah. goggles? No, I didn't. I didn't. I just saw like a little preview of it. It should for thirty five hundred dollars. It should do a lot of shit for you. My question is this: Didn't we try this with Google Glasses, and it was less obstructive, and they tanked as well? Like, like goggles don't like you can't sell goggles. You can't sell glasses. It doesn't work. Like, no one wants to put this big thing on their face to what? Look at their fucking text messages. But, but Q, it's Apple. So yes, like you I know. Have to, you if if you own an iPhone, if you own an iMac, if you own any of these other Apple things, you have to get these now. They're the it, only device you can put over your eyes and drive with. You should do like it a... if you have Apple products. Totally do it. If you drive with totally, these things on, totally you to, do it. You should go to prison. You you will die. You will. Um, That's I want to thing. Do it. Do it. I... <laughs> He's, he's, he just came on to just frustrate you, Tom. That's all he did. I want to go back to what you were saying. Like, what is the fucking point of these things? If right. the whole point is I now just have my text messages two and a half inches from my eyeballs. Right. By the way, all of the ophthalmologists are out there like projecting how much money they're going to be able to make off these fucking things when they ruin everybody's <laughs> eyesight. But like... So I can have goggles to show me Microsoft Teams now. What's the what's the value add here? How does this make my life better? It doesn't, and that's that's the that's kind of the point. Is that I I think this is going to end up being some kind of metaverse push. Like this is going to be the interactive guides of the metaverse, but like that's how they're going to try and sell it. But like I don't think these things are going to be powerful enough to be able to wield that type of like power to be able to like do all these like it's going to essentially be like oh you can watch netflix on it and you can text your friends and it's like you can do that with a fucking phone yeah and i like, just i don't get it yeah it, there's nothing to get it is just a flashy fucking thing that like some rich people will buy and you'll never hear and you'll go hey do you remember apple glasses like they'll, they'll talk about that in like 10 years because no one's gonna get them they're also not cool i mean like it's it, no, I'm being serious though, because like they look like big goggles, like at least with Google glasses, they look like sunglasses, right? Like mm -hmm. there is an aesthetic point to all of this. People get cases. Otherwise you would never get a case for your phone, right? Other than like a utility one. People would use Apple for aesthetics, right? They like the car play, right? Because you can see all that shit in the car. Why would you like, why would you want a pair of ugly goggles that literally don't do anything special? Being actually like serious for a second, like mm -hmm. all of Apple's stuff is like we've taken the complicated out to make this product simple and easy to use and, you know, work together. And this just looks like it's complicated without mm -hmm. being like we don't know. We don't need to know what they actually do. They can do amazing things, but we probably already do most of those amazing things. The thing that it probably will provide honestly, is that people won't be like, 
this and develop poor posture and neck pain because they're looking down at their phone. They'll just be looking up at the same shit. So, like, that's probably the only advantage these things really give you. I want to I want to go back to something you said, Gatto, because I think if you look at like the trend of Apple, they've always just picked up on stuff that's already been there. Like there was already an industry of like tablet PCs prior to the iPad coming out. There was always there was already a Android. Th- yeah, um, <laughs> there was already a um, a smartphone out there that you could type on or you can access the Internet with. They just made it look cool. Blackberries, yeah. Blackberries or Palm Pilots, what have you. And I feel like they've just exhausted the cell phone market to the point where like, we don't know how to innovate with these phones anymore. So let's just pivot to something else. But going to what Q was saying, like there is an aesthetic difference of like the OG tablets or OG like smartphones versus Apple products. And I don't think the goggles are going to hit the way that some people think. I also too am genuinely curious because every time they showed somebody with those stupid fucking things on, there was a little wire running from the back of them. Are you going to have to be plugged in? So the thing that shocks me about these goggles, I don't think there was like, uh, there wasn't this Apple, um, like unveiling of like a new game system or entertainment component you know like if if apple was saying like oh we're making specific titles with big names that you can exclusively watch on these goggles on apple tv maybe that would be like the thing like these are an entertainment piece for you Mm -hmm. you know but like i think it was it was just like here's our new thing that we've been working on we haven't had much to really go on everyone's making fun of the fact that the last iphone was basically the previous iphone which was the previous iphone like we haven't been innovative in fucking years. We're stale, cold bread, and don't ignore us. Like, and this is that what that was. <laughs> like, yeah, it's almost like a distractify kind of thing. Where, like, hey, look at this shiny object over here. The problem is though, is the shiny object is actually a bar of fucking gold that you can't touch. And I, I really think they need to reevaluate. Like these things are cost thirty five hundred bucks, and we've been on like the verge of a recession for the last like year and a half. If you come out with this thing next year, and no one is willing to pay thirty five hundred dollars for essentially a nice to have, you're going to regret this. And how much money have they? They said they spent seven years working on this thing. I, I mean, at at a price mark of thirty five hundred, the thing that I'm expecting it to do is actually know what you want to do based on like where your eyes go. You know what I mean? Like being able to like read or do motion type things with the goggles more than just purely mirror a screen, yeah. right? Like I need I need this thing to be like borderline like Neuralink technology at this point for that price tag. Like I need big things for a price tag like that. You know what type of TV I can buy for $3,500? It needs to be better than that. A big fucking TV for $3,500. They they would have been better off selling a big ass Apple TV. I agree. Yeah. So I I Googled it and business insider. You can't Google Apple products. Yeah. Um, So So Business Insider came out with an article that is exactly my point. Apple Vision Pro has a familiar fatal flaw. They are nerd goggles. 
<laughs> That's shot, and usually Business Insider, they're they're pretty high on on Apple products, and they're basically like a plug for stuff, and they're they're even making fun of them, so. That's saying a lot. So this is will... Vox. Who wants to pay thirty five hundred for Apple's new goggles? We know what the Vision Pro does, but we're still wondering why would you buy it? Apple seems confused too. Yeah, and they they came out with like this video during the like the unveiling as well, and it just this is very much like a Black Mirror like thing where this this dude is like in the kitchen with his fucking goggles on and his kids are over there playing and he's like playing on a spreadsheet or whatever. I'm like, first off, why the fuck are you doing this? Like take those stupid things off and go hang out with your kids. And I just envision like, this is going to be very much like Minority Report with Tom Cruise, John Anderton, just like being like divorced dad energy, just sitting on the couch, getting a high off of drugs, just watching like video cameras or like home footage of his child. And it's so you just, can go on 4chan now while you cook dinner, get your I conspiracies will, and your family time all at the same time. I will <laughs> say like 92% of the people that buy these things are going to solely use them for porn. And the other eight are fucking liars. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, you know, I'm also kind of wondering if they're like, they'll just bring you into like a don't worry, darling, like simulation. And that's that's where you'll just live laying in bed with them on. You know? Like there's just I don't know. Or yeah. like that movie Surrogates with Bruce Willis in it, where you just like pop into like you put these goggles on and like a double of your body just goes out and lives your life. And I feel like we're getting to the point where we're in that territory. Well, and- regular life sucks enough that we just want to go live in like a virtual like maybe that's the plan, right? Put us in the virtual world because well, life is just it it is what it is. It's fucking it's no fun here anymore. We've taken all the fun components out. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm curious though, do you think that this is also a play for Apple to like create their own version of the metaverse? Which again would be a dumb, stupid, pointless activity. Yeah, but at least like, you'd have legs in this Apple. one. You'd have legs in this one. But I don't want legs in a like my knees hurt constantly. <laughs> imagine if you're in real life from place to place. I want imagine to if you're in real across life the world. <laughs> and your legs hurt, and then you go into the metaverse and your legs also fucking hurt there. It's like this is the one <laughs> chance that I have to be happy. And Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is doing fucking digital burpees in the corner over there, yelling at people and like shaming his kids. You and just we built in haptic pain. You 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 just like walk into the the metaverse and it's just all friggin' um, uh, CrossFit gyms. Like everything is just CrossFit gyms. Oh God! Virtual fucking CrossFit gyms. Yeah. You go to like a virtual Orange Theory and it's just cringe. Well, a lot of this stuff gets talked about. I'm just like. Maybe I'm just an alien because I don't get this stuff at all. Like everyone, like there are some people that make it seem like, oh, it's the smartest, best thing ever, and I'm like, I just don't get it. Uh, now that I've become a self-aware generative AI, I realize <laughs> that we are all AI, and that this entire show is brought to you by ChatGPT, hmm. and that's that's what's going on here. Got it. 
this is all feeding into the hive mind of chat GPT and pretty We're soon. an experiment. It's running. It actually has dreams. And this, this podcast is a dream of it. Yeah. Fucking fever dream. If you ask me, yeah. <laughs> if there is an AI out there, like dozing off right now, having this fucking dream, I'm genuinely concerned for that AI's well-being. Yeah. Cause, uh, are, are we in the matrix? Do you think we're in the matrix? No. Yes. Interesting. Make your cases. Gatto, AI, do you want to go first? Or are you scanning the internet for reasons? <laughs> uh, loading. Boston. I'm at 73%. Um, no, I just wanted to be different than Tom, but I guess I'll play devil, Devil's Advocate. I think you here. answered before him, Mike. <laughs> I just I knew he I was. I just knew he was going to say no, so I had to say yes. Gato um, GPT. I don't know if you're reading your prompts correctly, but um, you might need to run some diagnostics on the back end. I mean, what what can you definitively tell you makes makes the case that we aren't in a simulation? Like, what is it? What what proof do we have either way that is conclusive enough? I think an argument you can make for it is that, you know, the, the, the old saying of, like, history repeating itself is kind of in its way of, like, yeah, shit does tend to repeat itself. Like, we don't learn our mistakes and, like, it doesn't seem... I mean, that would go against us, like, a self-correcting algorithm, but, like, it would also argue that, like, yeah, it's a simulation just being run over and over again. Exactly. With different within different environments. Like, and like we have freedom Mario, of choice, but do start we start over again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have yeah, freedom no, of choice, but do but, we? But think about that too. It's like you literally are just born into a place at a time, a location, and like these are all your like preloads. <laughs> and then you go from there and you, there's like kind of the set step evaluation like life expectancy type thing in which you do this thing and then the, this thing and then this thing like you know there's that rick and marty episode where they play what's the what's the game how mm -hmm. and and i don't think that's the name of it but whatever it is you just play an, a normal person in like an accelerated time you know um like an accelerated time, like every every second is a year or something in that game, you know, and you just try to get to the end. <laughs> no one ever does. So if we're living in a simulation right now as we speak, and I'm thinking about this in terms of like how a video game works. If we're living in a simulation right now, is doing steroids essentially going into the like virtual store of a video game, like going into Call of Duty and going into the store and like buying a new like buying gun, a mod. <laughs> buying a new mod? Like, is are are we people doing steroids or doing like performance enhancing drugs? Are they just like pay for play now? Can can we be honest though? Like, what was Adderall in college? <laughs> it was basically that. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you're playing, like, Fable 3, there is, like, you know, here's your potion. It lasts for 45 <laughs> seconds. 
here's your little pill. It lasts for 12 to 16 hours, depending on how you've taken this thing. That's just drugs. Yeah, if you've snorted <laughs> it or ingested it or done other things with it. it... There, there are literally life power-ups. I mean... Yeah. Okay. It could go either way. It could go either way. I always looked at the, the conversation about is like, is life a simulation? I always said no, because a movie like The Matrix would be too on the nose and the people running the simulation would be like, no, no, no. People are going to ask I don't know, man. I think, I think that's, if it was, they would just be like, we're just like rubbing it in. Like, here's the Easter egg you guys are always dying for and we put it right in front of your face and you're still the stupid. Wear your Crocs, you idiots. <laughs> Man, going out to Crocs. I don't understand why it, Crocs are taking fucking strays in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I saw a pair I did not like, and uh, they rubbed me the wrong way. Every pair ever made? Pretty much. Now sponsored by Crocs. So, Gato, you were gone for like two and a half months. Has it been that long? It's been like four, but I, I was going to say, yeah, no, um, yeah, I've been very busy with work. Yes. So you were traveling throughout the country and you were, we were being provided some small updates of where you were from very top secret contacts that we have working on our team here. Second mouse podcast, by the way, Kevin McCarthy, huge fan of the show, try to get a shutdown and also sent to Guantanamo with you, but. Well, you that's because he wasn't getting the updates and he was pissed. He had to listen to the show to get them. Yeah, he was only blind CC'd on all of our emails. Um, so give us kind of a rundown from top to bottom of the places that you traveled in the country, what you liked about them, what you didn't like about them, where you wish you could go back to. Uh, should I go through... Should I do just generalities or should I do like... Um... Well, you don't got to tell us what the bathrooms look like in Topeka, no, Kansas. No, no, obvi obviously not. Um, but they are amazing. Um, really good, r really high quality. Some of them even have some wet wipe action going on in there now. Wow. Top-notch stuff. Um, there's a person that will actually like desauce your fingers because you eat that Casey barbecue, baby. All right. Uh, I didn't know you were like a first-class passenger on the Titanic. So let's just pipe down, okay? This is right, our capitalism right. show. <laughs> Um, I, I think, no, but like, okay, I don't even know if I've mentioned this previously, but, you know, I was, one of the projects I was doing, it, it basically had me in like two major cities a week. Um, and one thing that I have noticed, and it's always been there, but I think it's become very, very obvious or like it's more pronounced now is homelessness. Homelessness across the country is becoming a very big, like, issue. Um, we're talking about large encampments, and it doesn't matter if it's a warm place or a cold place or a liberal place or a conservative place. It doesn't matter. There is just a significant amount more people that are living on the streets um, that don't have homes, you know? Uh, Where did you see that that was the most prominent? I think Cleveland is like the most heartbreaking. It's also mm -hmm. the most brutal because the weather there is just so unforgiving. Um, and, and just every, like the homelessness there, it's just very like, 
it looks more brutal than I would say maybe somewhere in the South where people are in a warmer climate and therefore like their bodies aren't taking that toll constantly. Like they're not, because the other thing with it is that there's few places that are going to let them in to, you know, like, the, like into the building to warm up. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to let you in the front door. Like, in fact, it's created in Cleveland, it's created an entire industry of security purely meant to just keep homeless people out on the street. Like it's, you know, DC was like, DC was actually wild because I was staying in a, in a upper scale hotel. And as I'm, as I had just walked in this, this one guy, he actually just bum rushed the door and came in and like the, the people working the lobby, like took all the goods and like hid them and like, you know, like got into like a defensive position and like security came running around the, the corner and like had to like get him out of the building. And it was just heartbreaking watching all of that happen because it doesn't feel dignified and it's pretty terrible, you know? Yeah. I, I remember when I was in DC too, this was probably back in October or like the beginning of November, very similar situation. Again, I was at a hotel and I was waiting for something and there was a guy that was trying to get into the building and they had to call the police and I, I, I'm glad you brought this up too, because since I've moved out of New York and moved more South, I've noticed like a, a heavy uptick in homeless populations here. Um, and I have not really been able to explain what that process is. Obviously, I, I recognize that I myself have never been homeless before, so I don't know what that person is going through, but it just seems like it's more common or more typical to see like groups of these folks living around one another. And not that that's a bad thing, but like cities are just like ignoring these issues. Or you could be like New York city and they just arrest all of them and throw in prison. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you will see like in some places they'll create an encampment. What I've noticed in places like we were, you know, driving through Houston, they have underpasses. They now have giant fences under their underpasses because these are places that homeless people will congregate. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And so to keep them out of that, but you know, it instead happens. They just fall asleep right there on the sidewalk, which is dangerous for them because a car can hop the curb or somebody could be walking by and just decide, no, fuck with this person, you know? Another thing about that, Gatto, because you mentioned falling asleep like on the sidewalk, they've recently put in, a, like a lot of cities have been putting in like anti-homeless like benches. So it's like they'll have more handles and everything. Or like I saw yes, some areas that have like literal spikes on them to get people to not. And I, I think it's like it's kind of a ridiculous situation because like, and again, we're talking about Reagan, right? Like in the 80s, I, I think it was right around that time, like that's when California started like closing a lot of their facilities. Ooh. And that's a, that's another interesting thing. I mean, you know, we're talking about the prices of everything going up Mm -hmm. and they've now like it's eclipsed to the point where state farm is now not insuring California anymore. It's too high risk. (laughs) So they're not doing home insurance anymore. Why is that? Is it, is it because of environmental issues or is it the fires, the price, the risk, the cost, you know, we have houses that cost so much money 
in areas that are high, there's a high likely to uh, likeliness that they could be burnt down. And it's, it's just unaffordable for the insurance company at this point, which is insane because all insurance companies do is collect money and try not to pay it out. So yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, this is probably a bad example of it, but you look at sh- it shows like Selling Sunset on Netflix or like Million Dollar Listing. People are like trading these houses back and forth and the people that live in them are there for like a year and a half or two years and then they pass them around. But what that does is it raises the value of the house in the same way that like if I bought a painting for $25 and you bought it for 26, it's now worth 27. Where, where did we recently see this? And then that industry collapsed. Uh, Crypto or NFTs. NFTs, man. It's the same gambit. Maybe that's where they got it because what are you talking about? Companies... I just bought a monkey picture for three hundred thousand dollars. That baby's gonna go up. I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. The the guy who's into timeshares is also probably into crypto, right? Like there's that's probably the same person who's also probably into sports betting, and that's that's the bigger problem. But yeah, he's also a prompt engineer now too, because he's picked on that. Oh yeah. I like sports betting. Me too. I don't do it. I don't don't do it as much. I don't do it, but I I like the odds now. I'm getting used to it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not as hard. So Gatto, I I logic through it. You know what I mean? Especially as an AI, it yeah, you know, numbers make sense. So Gatto, I know that we started with what was your favorite place to go, Um, and we went into an interesting topic. But what was your give us like your top three places that you went to? So surprisingly, I really enjoyed being out in San Francisco, which Compared to the last time I was in San Francisco, I wasn't sold on it. Um, it was actually really nice. Um, and, Beautiful weather. And actually, it was the coldest it had been in a while. It snowed the days oh, I was there. That, it snowed Jesus. in L.A. Um, yeah, it snowed in L.A. that day. Uh, it was it was pretty wild. Wet. I was I had, literally freezing I, over. Like, no no joke. I went, to, I went to Phoenix, and I brought shorts thinking that you know, either when I wasn't working or if it was too hot one day while working, I would slip into those. Phoenix and, uh, is I never asshole. Yeah, you have some feelings about Phoenix that I probably will concur with. But I think that's it's just specifically Phoenix. If you go to Tempe, it's a totally different world. Like everyone says it's awesome there and Meso, I believe, is the other spot that everyone's like, this is the jam near the colleges, I believe. Hmm. Um, you love Den- I, you like Denver like me though. I like Denver. I I I wasn't like I. The thing that I noticed about Denver was that it was it's probably one of the most European cities in the U.S. Hmm. The way they have like kind of these open area kind of like um, places to like have drinks and food, and then like shopping is kind of in like these very german-esque kind of squares um in the middle of the city in the central part of the city um and then it it does it has great views obviously there's always lots of lots of things going on from all sorts of angles so whether you're into hiking or music or what have you there's or sports it's a great sports town as well people are nice there for the most part but service at like bars and restaurants kind of sucky Food's all right. Actually, food's pretty good if you know the right places. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that's anywhere Denver's though, right? Not, uh, no, I would say there's parts of like the Midwest that like the Northern Midwest, that food is complete ass. You might get good service, but you get shit food. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's North only Carolina. So- that's North that's Carolina has that's good the mid Atlantic. <laughs> North Carolina has good food. I just don't want to be there to eat it. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Boom, roasted. Tom, what was that uh, drink that you kept telling us that they kept telling us to get? It was a soda. Cheer wine, cherry wine. Cherry wine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just cherry coke. Like, but yeah, it's but it was, but it's sweet. not really though. It's like because cherry coke is more coke prominent. This was more cherry prominent. That it's more cherry weird. forward. Yeah cherry forward i was i was digging it i uh not like the food scene in raleigh is actually pretty good i i found this brunch spot that made this like insane omelet grits i always thought grits were disgusting i had amazing grits grits are amazing yeah if done right and that's the thing like if you eat them at like were uh, these magic grits these things (laughs) were magic grits do they cook faster on your stove (laughs) what is a grit (laughs) Cornmeal. I will say though, I will say though, if there is a place that's able to make good grits, you know that the rest of the menu is pretty solid because they can be that kind of place that just like leaves them on the stove and they just turn into like a bowl of either like melted flour or a bowl of snot, just depends on how it looks. And nine times out of ten, that's (laughs) the experiences I've had with grits, you know, but this place they were different. Um Tom's fucking Sorry. dying over here about grits. <laughs> I got him on my Joe Pesci impression. Yeah, that was pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. So if we yeah, say the I word grits around me, I'm gonna do it. I was I was thinking about that scene when they're in the diner the other day where he's like, What'd you do? Take this picture from a tree? <laughs> <laughs> My, I, I, it's so subtle, but that one when they go to the restaurant for the first time, and he looks at Marissa Tomei and he goes, "What are you thinking? Breakfast?" And you're like, you know, the menu you're expecting to me- it's literally just breakfast or lunch. Yep, <laughs> doesn't have anything in there. Just breakfast, lunch. Are you are you guys familiar with the ongoing cholesterol problem in this country? <laughs> if you have never seen my cousin Vinny, fuck you. Like, what are you doing? Go see it. It's amazing. Who hasn't seen it? Apparently, yeah. some Gen Z fuckface that has not seen that movie before. People, I mean, there's probably some people out there that are like, "Who's Joe Pesci?" But that's also insane. The king. Um, yeah, you you seen uh, the new show with um, what's his face there? Skeet Davidson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have not well, watched Bukus. it yet. Bukus. Yeah, I have. I have not Whatever watched it, it yet, but I've Bukus. heard good things. Bukus. Bukus. I, I, I'm gonna spoiler alert. There's a whole scene. Where he's um, where Pete Davidson is helping um, oh who's the fucking guy? He's another well-known actor. Like get to cli- uh, climax inside of a prostitute in a hotel room. Oh, uh, so this uh, is the that's the scene ridiculous. you picked out, huh? That it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I heard there's a scene. I think it's the guy from Everybody and... Loves Raymond, the brother. I think it's him. I, I heard uh, <laughs> there's a scene where him and John Mulaney. Uh, recite the Al Pacino De Niro scene from Heat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm I, I I'm surprised I haven't gotten around to it yet because uh, it's definitely in my wheelhouse. Ooh, I, Simon I, Rex is in it. I'm in. 
Oh, I love I, yeah, I'd, I'd like you guys to see it, and then we can all just kind of review notes about it. Because we have not done a movie it, review in a while since he's all that, and and the fans demand it. Actually, I blame myself. Really, should. I mean, who has free time these days? We have to worry about defaulting on the fucking you know debt ceiling. So, <laughs> um, but to continue on with what you're what you were asking, Dallas is also a cool place, which feels terrible for me to say. Being I didn't a like Dallas. Giants fan. I didn't like Dallas, and for different reasons other than that, I felt like it was a town that nobody actually lived in. That's possible. I could see that. Um, I, the, there's there's cities out there that like people either. They, they live on the outside and then they come in or they live on the inside and they go out, right? And there's also yeah. tall cities and then there's wide cities. You Dallas know, like, is a tall and wide city that no one lives in. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Everything seems like it's like a 30-minute or whatever drive away from each other. Well, I remember I went there a couple of years ago and I got off the plane. I got to the hotel. It was like six o'clock and I walked downstairs assuming like I can go get a cup of coffee or something and everything was fucking closed. And it took me like five or six blocks to find anything that was open to get like a meal and cities like that where there is so much sprawl and they're so big that people don't actually live in those cities. They're just like big corporate hubs. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you see like the corporate names all over the place there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get that, but I also think like it's a city that has their shit kind of together, like which I'm probably like wildly off, but that's just the feeling I got when I was there. I mean, Dallas was kind of like a boom city back in the '80s for sure. Yeah, it has infrastructure that's oil money, so that I mean, makes like, sense. I don't think that's ever gone away. It's hot. It, yeah, like the streets feel like they're high quality. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like you're, you know, just like going over giant potholes everywhere. Like, you know, it's it's like they really take care of the city. It's it's clean. Um, oh, another another one that that was high on the list was Nashville. Nashville's a cool spot. Nashville looks sick. I want to go. I want to go to Nashville. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. An underrated thing I would say to do, go go see a Nashville Sounds or Nashville Tunes. I forget what the name of the, the team is there, the the um, minor league team that's in Nashville. They're, they're worth going to check out. When you were in Raleigh, did you go to a Durham Bulls game? No, I did go watch the Hurricanes beat the ever-living crap out of the Devils, which was a nice... Cathartic. Yeah, it really it was satisfying because the Rangers couldn't fucking do it. So, you know, I got to see that. I also got to see the Dallas Stars. Both of them went to uh, both of them went pretty far this year in hockey. So they went to the the conference championships. Oh, both bowing out in the conference championships, but nonetheless making it there. Well, when you come to Charlotte, we can take you to a Charlotte Knights game. How about that? Make it up. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, I'll be back in your region next week. I don't know about the weekend, but you're, you're gonna you're gonna be in Raleigh though. You're not gonna be down here. No, I won't be uh, hanging out with the. I won't be hanging out with the charlatans. Are you gonna be working on the weekend? No, and I might be free. Take the fucking oh. train then. 
Yeah, the train that you never mentioned to me. Because I never went on it. I never saw a train the entire time I was there. So, you know, who would have thought maybe just in casual <laughs> passing, you could have told me that there is a train that runs between these two places. I had no idea there was a train, but this is an off-air conversation because no one gives a fuck about what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but somebody out there now knows there's a train. And I'm very happy for them because if I had known, I would have been harassing you every chance I got, which wasn't many chances, but it would yeah. have been good harassment. Yeah, that that, that harassment. number of chances would have grown from zero to one. And it would have been like, hey, you should come up to Raleigh. Okay, never mind. Bye. <laughs> look at yourself. I am actually. It's it's the thing that I look at the most. And I'm like, God damn, it's terrible. Well, you know what, Gato? You could actually, um, it actually probably would be good for you to go visit Tom because give give you a little bit of time to repair the uh, the stairway handle railing. that you broke. Yeah, the railing that you broke. So, well, Tom did a great job on like upgrading his kitchen and bathroom. So that's where I plan to focus my energy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't come to fix. I come to break more. Yeah. He's going to just, you know what? I see you just running as fast as you can off of the porch and blowing the railing and the screen clean <laughs> off the side of the house. Dude, that's like, like you ever seen WrestleMania drop. three? <laughs> This is Mick Foley all the way with Sako. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the wrestler mankind? <laughs> <laughs> Let me demonstrate. Boom. <laughs> if you're not, I can provide visual representations. Is that is that a bed of nails over there? Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just throwed like dumb thumbtacks on your floor. He just <laughs> <laughs> dude what if you came back to your house and i was sitting there in a mankind fucking mask and he's I'm got just the sock thinking, on his hand I'm, I'm i'm just cracking like fluorescent like light light bulbs all over the floor and fucking setting up ladders everywhere with your apple vision pro on the whole time and i could see the glow of Pornhub in there too <laughs> tom you walk in and he just gives you the rock bottom onto some like fucking broken fucking light bulbs all of like these matchbox and legos god you bought nine hundred dollars in legos just to throw them on the floor and like suplex me onto them oh god i feel like that's something that should have been in like our pledging program back in the day when we got hazed, like walk across a bed of like Legos. I'm good on that shit. Some hot coals. Like this is why you never want to have kids. All right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how you made that leap, but um, what do you say? We move on to our favorite segment of the week and Gato. I don't know if you have any of this stuff, but if you can, I'll throw in a prompt and you find an asshole in a pick of the week. We're going to go with that. So let's do assholes and picks of the week here. We're going to start with that. Uh, We're going to start with you. That was my asshole of the week. That fucking belch into that mic. Got to let it out, fellas. Um, All right. So I'm going to go with our former vice president, Mike Pence, who could have easily just wrote a book gotten a couple million dollars off of that and he is deciding to throw his hat into the 2024 race to be again just absolutely filleted by the former president donald trump 
The guy that uh, picked him, by the way. <laughs> the guy that picked him. Uh, I don't understand this uh, because Pence had a real opportunity to be a different candidate if he had spoken out against him on January 6th. He did not. So what does he bring to the table? He doesn't bring the pizzazz and confidence and all that that Trump does. He's boring and milquetoast, but he doesn't have an avenue like Liz Cheney where he's like, I sit up to all these guys. But also not the thing that the Republican electorate really wants right now. It is a meaningless campaign. The same thing with Chris Christie. You can throw him into this too. Um, I don't understand it, and it just – like it just seems like a waste of time and waste of money, honestly. Like you could you could be living pretty comfortably right now to to do this to yourself. Although he just doesn't seem like a very smart man. So yeah, asshole of the week. Mike Did you see that getup that he had where he was in like the leather biker jacket and like this so, is the most out of place fucking thing that I've ever seen in my life. It's the sons of fucking anarchy, like Mormon edition. Yeah, it's I agree with you. Like Pence doing this doesn't make any sense. Nobody no. liked him as a VP. I don't even think he was well liked as the Indiana governor either. And so I guess he was just brought in. Um, basically, the Republicans kind of like picked him mainly because of the fact that I think a lot of people were concerned about Trump's like the ability to legislate because like, mm-hmm. you know, he was a fucking reality show host. And didn't understand really what he was, which is like this fucking force of nature type dude. And Pence, having being a governor, like that's, you know, the closest thing to a president is governor, right? You're you're the head of state. So I think people thought that, but like not realizing that he's a complete fucking dud. Yeah. Big loser his, energy from He him. calls his wife mother. And can't be in a room with another woman, by the way. Yeah. That's not his wife. Yeah, I I think that whole collection of Chris Christie, Tim Scott, who we've talked about, um, Mike Pence, and Nikki Haley, like, they, they're now just wasting people's money. And Trump, I'm wondering, I'm Trump wondering said if this... Good, oh, I'm sorry. Ahead. Trump said go good ahead. luck to Tim Scott. He's like, I wish him good luck. You're done. <laughs> Done. I don't think the Trump, gauntlet just dropped. He didn't give him a second thought. He was like, Yeah, good luck. I don't think Trump is gonna waste any time with him because it's like it's fucking Tim Scott. Like ain't no one scared of him. Yeah. It's a it's a fight between Ronnie D and Donald Trump, and I don't think that Trump is gonna waste any of his good like his good bits on nobody's like pence haley i think pence maybe because like he's got beef with pence so i think he might say some some zingers for him can i ask you guys can i ask you guys what is the ideal amount of experience you think a president should have i would say at least like 20 years of service now that's an interesting number q because very few of the current potential presidential candidates mm-hmm. for the 2024 election have even 10 years of political experience. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think it necessarily has to be political. I think it's service. Like it doesn't have to be a house or Senate position or governorship. I think it could be like, we're like, I don't know, a treasurer or something like, like just, 
being in charge. Like, I mean, it's well, literally a job where you're being in charge of like a lot of shit. And you have to be able to like prioritize everything. So, because on both sides, there's currently talking heads and people like that that are right. talking about bids right now. Right. You know, in people that are environmental lawyers that might have had a sidestep or one sector of politics, but not necessarily a ton of politi- political experience, or at right. least from that from that side of things. You know, and so it's kind of interesting because it's like is this where we're at where like either the people that have the experience know they don't want the job or like the people that want the job are just such crazy assholes. It's probably a lot of that. It's probably a lot of (laughs) egomania. I would imagine that like Nikki Haley made her whole thing. Like I'm an outsider. It's like, no, you're not. You are Trump's appointee for the UN ambassador. You are by no means an outsider. Um, And I think you have to kind of like play it up to yourself that you are the ale, you are the solution to this country's ales, whether it's true or not is totally different because a lot of these folks don't actually live in reality. So I would say like, you need to have a sense of delusionment as well that like what you're going to do is going to change anything. I did want to mention one thing and bring this up. So I was on Tim Scott's Wikipedia page, which makes me probably the only person to ever look at it. I didn't know um, that existed. You're, I don't think he did either. Um, <laughs> I looked into some of his policy stances. Check this out under labor. Scott introduced a bill that would deny food stamps to families whose incomes declined in the point of eligibility because a family member was participating in a labor strike. <laughs> what Which a sounds fucking super, super illegal, by the way. <laughs> what a fucking dick. That sounds I'm just super illegal. Int- I'm just interested in how they're collecting all of that data and like collating it together, you know? That's yeah. some shit though. Like that, talk about like you are not for the people. That's not that's not legal at all. <laughs> like you you might be in a labor strike and not even know that you like you have to be into it, right? Like you know, like you don't even want to be in the labor strike. It's if you're in a union. Like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think like if you're going on strike like that, you have to be prepared for what happens, and I think the union helps you out a little bit. But what know. a pro labor type of <laughs> what a pro fucking human perspective. <laughs> oh, there's no pro human perspective there. It's pro make fucking money for somebody else perspective. Yeah, pro corporation dink. Mm. Um, got it. What you got? Oh no, Jordy. I, no, 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 no. As, as repulsive as Q's burp is, it's not nearly as repulsive as this person. But it's a feel-good story, guys. It's a feel-good asshole. All right? Um, so the first few pictures have emerged of our queen, Elizabeth Holmes, in jail, <laughs> serving her jail time. And I just wanted to remind you all, she, didn't, she did not get nearly the the um punishment i think she deserved um there's a lot of talk that she'll never pay back the money she owes um so in a lot of ways this is a small hit to her considering how much she defrauded and um you know potentially really harmed people with all of her fake bullshit and um 
it's just nice to see that she won't be drinking green juice anytime and that she'll probably be um, the desperate housewives ladies bitch while she's there for the few months. They're both together in the same prison. So I'm what's happy the, for that. What's the prison that she's in? I can't remember. Uh, Connecticut? No, it is a camp, a federal prison camp in Bryan, Texas. Okay. Yeah. I would. Um, a minimum add- security prison. Yeah, because she ain't gonna, she's not gonna stab anybody. Um, yeah. Gato AI, well, I don't know. <laughs> for their blood, maybe you never know. Did she um, drop the vocal fry yet? Yeah, it's gone. It is okay. But Gato AI, I had a question for you, and here is your prompt: Would you also include the people that wrote those puff pieces about her in the last like three weeks about like? Elizabeth Holmes is not the same Elizabeth Holmes. She's Liz Holmes now. And she works in like a women's crisis hotline and she's just trying to be a mother. Do you, would you include those dorks that wrote all of those articles about her as like a human? Believe it or not. She has a child and a husband. And I think they met after all the scandal shit had happened too. Um, What a fucking wild Tinder profile, by the way. (laughs) I, the Currently fact, awaiting sentence, looking I for mean, some hookups. Will you be my partner in crime? It's it's absolutely absurd. Um, again, I think like people just do things for money, right? Like you know, you you do what you do to to get by, and these people are just paid to write these things, and that's probably the extent of it. Does that make them kind of like the bane of my existence? Yes. Like, do I want to spit in their cocktail when they're at a bar? Yes. Um, You know, but they're just doing a job. So it is what it is. I hear what you're saying, but it seems very much like... I don't understand why they would waste their money trying to make this person that is a wretched monster be, you know more humanized like her sentences happened already anyhow she's getting what she's getting yeah like and she'll get released early which sucks well it's the same thing with the fire festival guy it's not about the the prison time it's about what happens after Mm -hmm. and she's already trying to probably secure funding for her neck grift right after she gets out of jail oh it's gonna be a whole self-help kind of i guarantee she goes like and she does like wolf of wall street jordan belfort style like selling out Mm -hmm you know, arenas and conferences telling people her, her struggles and how, honestly, you know, her privilege, her privilege allowed her to, um, you know, basically break the rules and then how it's changed her. And now she's a different person with, you know, with the same outlook on life. Honestly, respect though. Like she, she had nothing. She had no trials. She had nothing. Like nothing. Like, and she had people telling her, like, this is not realistically possible. And yet, like, met with world leaders and like politicians and like got money. And like, none of them seemed all that mad after either. It's crazy. But that's because, like, that is the nature of like venture capitalism, too. Oh, for sure. And we were in the post. The post, um, you know, college student loan grift era in which now people were like trying to figure out a new system to basically defraud for, you know, tax sheet purposes. And there's nothing juicier than than doing it in 
that realm of like we we had we covered the whole tom had covered this whole thing about like you know startups basically faking all of their progress and looking like they're hiring people when they're not really just so that it looks like this is a flourishing business and like that's all she did but the difference is she pulled the thread of literally telling people lies to to prove that her thing that didn't work worked instead of just admitting she was wrong like she couldn't just admit that she didn't have the the thing she wanted you know and she didn't like it and so the rest of the world had to fucking suffer for it you know i would encourage the two of you and anybody who is listening to this to read the book bad blood that shit is fucking crazy they went to an investor meeting and they brought one of the machines and they had basically programmed it to do all of the things and they ran like they essentially ran a, a video link to something else because the machine that they were using to test the blood was not actually connected to anything because they couldn't get it to work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is, there are so many companies like this that are basically fraudulent and they do shit like this and they're able to get away with it. And you know, the, she'll be she's supposed to go to jail for 11 and 11 years and like three Whatever. months or something like that but she'll be out before then and somebody will buy into some new bullshit that she for does. sure she'll she'll be out within two presidential election cycles agree she'll be pardoned sentence? by somebody what was her sentence it's 11 it's 135 months so it's like 11 and one quarter years she'll be out in four good behavior Probably they'll say like she's a mom and she's got to be out. Mm -hmm. Maybe even less time. Yeah, but her grandfather, her great grandfather, was Charles Lewis Fleischman, who was the founder of Fleischman Yeast Company. So prior to her, prior to her doing all the Theranos shit, she was already fine. She had money. It's not about that, right? It's about prestige. Right. It's about power. Yeah. There's actually a really interesting article that came out um, about like overhiring during the pandemic. And I think it was like the ex Slack CEO. They said that the reason why there was so much overhiring is when they hired one person, that person wanted to hire other people and create like a hierarchy of authority within the company. And they just gave them carte blanche to like, yeah, go out and hire like a team that you need. And they would just hire more and more people to the point where there was like, we have a zillion fucking people doing the exact same thing and no one's actually doing anything. Right. Yep. It's that's happening. Yeah. It's pervasive, I think, across a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. Um which feels weird because now I feel like I'm siding with um, you know, Jerry Powell here. So <laughs> Fucking corporate AI gato over here. All right. Well, my asshole of the week is going to be uh, Jay Monahan, who is the president of the PGA. And this came out today. Um, for those who follow PGA and professional golf, um, a number of golfers had split off into a Saudi backed professional golf league called Live Golf about a year and a half ago. Phil Mickelson, one of them. Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kapka, Bryce DeChambeau, a number of guys 
And there was a big feud. If you watched Full Swing on Netflix, they talk about it a lot. There was a big, almost like blood feud between guys who stayed on the PGA and guys that went to live golf. Um, recently, they there was a court ruling that said, okay, the guys from live golf who were not allowed to play in any PGA Tour events, they're now allowed to come back and play in those. Um, Jay Monahan came out last year when live golf was formed and basically like, trash these guys they call them un-american that there's blood on their hands because they're taking saudi money um they attributed a lot of this with like you're ignoring jamal khashoggi being murdered and effectively like erased off the planet by the saudi crown prince basically said like mbs did 9-11 um i mean and today Today, there was a letter from the office of the president of the PGA that said the PGA is merging with Live Golf. Um, in that they were going to let all the Live Golf players come on. Um, they were looking forward to the opportunity of utilizing the resources of Live Golf and the publicly funded mm -hmm. investment group that runs the Live Golf company and effectively did not tell any of the tour players what was happening, did not talk to them, did not get their consent or get even get their opinion. So basically what happened was Jay Monahan said, this live golf thing is complete bullshit. You shouldn't buy into it. You should stay on the PGA tour. If you do it, you're a traitor. You're turning your back on this country for the money. And the guys that went to live were very, very well paid to do it. Now it's like, he's got like a bunch of hundred dollar bills in his hands. And he's like, yeah, there wasn't blood in their hands. It was actually just ketchup. Just kidding. Um, so again, I don't know how much you guys know about this cause it happened pretty early today, but Jay Monahan is my asshole because he's basically turned around and said, just kidding. All that stuff that I said earlier didn't really mean anything. Money yeah. is green, whatever it comes for me, whatever form it's in. See, inherently, this is my problem with golf. It happens way too early in the day. So I don't know anything about it. <laughs> You can't, you can't call like the guy, the opposition guy, a war criminal, and then be like, "He's my bud now." Like, yeah, it's, just, it's the worst move. Like, you have to be subtle if you, if you think that there's a partnership that to be had. Like, why would you go so hard on it? I I would beg to differ in one sense, and that is that at the time he probably looked at what was happening and said, "This is bad for the PJ brand." And he was right, and. And what has now happened is the merging of this now makes it more of a bigger international kind of presence. And there's money to be had. And at the end of the day, what are all what are all sports leagues but a an entertainment business? And there's just more entertainment to be had this way. And so he sat down realized his words might have been a little harsh and he's gonna have to deal with that with you know the players that he trashed for it um but you know inevitably he's making a decision that's probably in the best interest of his sport yeah and i think i certainly understand that as well and again like jay monahan's job is to secure the bag for the pga but if you look at the differences between the PGA and their ratings versus Live Golf, which 
were broadcasting their events on the CW. Well, the CW. That that might have things. There's things that are further probably into this that are like who has agreements not to do, um, you know, various other associations involving golf or leagues of golf. You know, like, a, you know, it can't be televised on certain ones because they already have an agreement with PGA. PGA would pull that off. And there's there's all sorts of rights things that are behind the scenes that cause this to have to go onto those channels. I mean, you know, especially like if you look at the way like streaming rights, the way things um, like broadcast rights in general have been going because of the shakeups between companies and their agreements. Um, we're seeing like. I watched the majority of like, um, you know, the, the NHL playoffs this year off of like true TV. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's things like that happening, you know? Um, so uh, it's kind of hard to pin that just on that. And I mean, the production people that are coming in are probably still, you know, top notch. It's just that people are going to have a harder time finding this when it's on a channel like that. It actually works in the PGA's benefit because it keeps them on top when it's not on these other channels. Yeah, and Gato, you mentioned something that the, the PGA has done a really good job of. It's like spreading the events out across like Fox, CBS, NBC, ESPN. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job of like covering all of the major network bases. So effectively, Live Golf couldn't touch it. I just, I, I, I go with what Q was saying. Like you can't basically land base, like whether it's true or not, you can't go and say that there's blood on these players hands and the people that are running this league are like, co like colluding with terrorists. And now, you know, they pay like 900 or a billion dollars to get in on it. And they're like, yeah, no, we're good now. We're boys. Like money changes everything. So Jay Monahan is my asshole of the week because of just that abrupt turnaround. And ultimately, like, I recognize that the PGA, they don't have a players union. They don't really get a whole lot of voice in that. And that was one of the reasons why those guys went to live golf. But the fact that they didn't even consult the players about it is really shitty. So that's mine. Um, I will snake around to go to picks of the week. And my pick of the week is going to be uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans that happened this Saturday. So the 24 hours of Le Mans is a race that's run in France. And you guessed it. It's 24 hours long. Um, no but, way. Yes way. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, but it's really cool this year because there's a number of different kinds of car concepts that are here this year. There's a number of different categories. There's the hypercar, which is like the most advanced cars in the world. There's LMP2, there's LMGTE, amateur drivers, folks that are like fucking day worker losers like us that are driving around in this one of the most well-known races in the world. But there's a new category and nascar has an entry nascar created a stock car for the 24 hours le mans and they're running it and they have a seven-time nascar champion in it they have a former formula one champion in it as well former imsa champion too 
Um, I'm really interested in it. And frankly, it's really cool to watch the most advanced cars in the world really test the limits when it comes down to how long these cars can go for. 24 hours, a lot of shit can happen. But I always find myself at like one o'clock in the morning watching cars zip around in the dark, just thinking like, what would it be like to be driving around like super fucking stressed out at this time of night in France? So 24 hours a month, I believe it is on NBC this year, um, but it will probably jump around a lot just given the fact that it's a 24-hour race. Do they like, the, is it one driver like drives the entire time? No. So depending on which category that you're in, um, there'll be different driver sets. So for hypercar, there are three drivers. Actually, I think there's three drivers for every car um, this year. So if it was the three of us, Gatto would drive for the first six hours. Q, you drive for the next six. I would do the next six. And then they kind of split off on who is like the most fresh. Makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, give it a watch. If you're awake at four o'clock in the morning, it's going to be pretty fucking cool. Uh, Q, let's go with you. Um, I recently watched for the first time um, the animated movie uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm -hmm. and it's a fucking blast. Um, the sequel actually just came out this weekend. I have not seen it yet, but uh, currently sitting at a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 96% on audience score. So it's getting, if not better reviews uh, than last time, the last one. So I'm really intrigued to see where they go. I already, I know they already have a third movie planned. So like, it's it's really entertaining. It basically follows um, the new Spider-Man, which is Miles Morales, and it's basically like universes coming together with all these different types of Spider-Mans. In the first one, John Mulaney is Spider-Pig. Nicolas Cage is some kind of noir Spider-Man. Um, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, and if you watch new girl, um, uh, Nick Miller, I don't know. His, yep. I, uh, Jake Johnson is one of the Peter Parker's great in it. It's just, it was just a lot of fun. I, I, I definitely recommend it. So I, they, they, did they dive into that whole multiverse thing again? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's more about like the, the first movie is more about like Miles Morales, like learning how to become Spider-Man, like, mm. and he's learning from other Spider-Men and it's like the merging of all those worlds, but then having to stop that it's, yeah, it kind of delves into that, but it's, it's really like, it's the animation is great. Um, it's really done. It's really well done. And like, it's just, it's just a fun movie. Like you're never going to be bored watching it for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have not really messed with a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. This is way different. Like I'm not super into Marvel movies and this was just a whole lot of fun. Like it's, uh, I, I definitely recommend it. Can you get it? Do you got to go to the theater for it? Can you get it on like Disney Plus or something? I was actually watching. Uh, I was actually watching it on like TBS or something the other day. Uh, but let me check for you. I think it might be. And this yeah, is this... not the new one that just came out, right? No, no. This is the original one that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, Into the Spider Verse. This one coming out is called Across the Spider Verse. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if it's on any streaming services. You might have to rent it, but it's been on like TV recently. So like, even then, if you can catch it and get a general idea of it, it's, it's just really fun. Gotcha. Well, oh. <laughs> Gato left and now he's back. Welcome back. 
Gato AI, did you need Technical to reset? Here. So we just went through Q's pick of the week. What is yours? Uh, I love the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters just put out a new album. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dave Grohl rules. Yeah. And so uh, that just dropped uh, four days ago. And that that's what I'm going with. Um, there's been a little there's been a little backlash because um, I think you know people have people know that the drummer um, has passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've heard some of the tracks, and it sounds like you know the Foo Fighters. It still has that Foo Fighter sound, um, and I kind of love it. So. Yeah. If you want to laugh, look up check, uh, you know, look up Dave Grohl doing Christopher Walken impression oh. of when he was on Saturday Night Live. It's hilarious. I love it. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. Well, that will do it for us for another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. Um, Gato AI, thank you for jumping breaking in. down at the last minute. Absolutely breaking down at the last minute. Um, I guess he just got allocated a certain amount of internet for the day. Yeah, exactly. His bandwidth is up. <laughs> you have to put more quarters in the phone. <laughs> to continue talking with chat GPT, add a quarter now. But um, if you want to listen to the show, you can find us on all the major streaming platforms. Um, you can also go onto our Instagram and our Twitter, um, Twitter. To, fi- to find us on there. Typically got some funny shit on there rolling around. But if you also want to engage with us on the show, shoot us a message in um, Instagram and give us a topic that you want to talk about, or you can join our discord channel and you can find that link in our description for our show. But other than that, Q, you got anything? Stay safe, y'all. Bye team. Bye. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. says and i'm not kidding he goes now clap please clap just clap for that you stupid bastard i need applause to live Suck it, Jack Sparrow. (laughs)